Hey, welcome to the Impact Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this week's message is a blessing to you like it was to us. Let's go ahead and jump into it. You may be seated. Just for a few moments this morning, we're dealing with the subject, where will we go? Our text is found in John chapter 6, verses 66 through 69. Jesus has entered into the synagogue of John chapter 6 in Capernaum. He had been to Capernaum many different times on several different occasions. And out of all of the miracles, the Bible said if all of them were recorded, the books could not contain the miracles that were recorded in the lifespan of Jesus Christ. But certain ones are recorded for our admonition for our learning. They're there for a purpose, brothers and sisters. They've been preserved. And out of these miracles and manifestations of the power of God, there are many of them that took place in Capernaum. The first one we read of is in John chapter 4, verse 4 to 6. And there was a national official, his son was sick, and And he came to Jesus, said, you've got to come to my house now. He's a national official. Jesus would have to obey him. And Jesus just looked at him and said, go on home. There's nothing wrong with him. I've already healed him. That's powerful. That was in Capernaum. Mark chapter 1, verse 21 in Capernaum. It was when the man was filled with demons in the synagogue and Jesus delivered him. Matthew chapter 8, verse 14. It was in Capernaum that Simon... Peter's mother-in-law had malaria, a very bad fever, and was healed. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 1, it's when four men had a friend, and somehow he ended up losing his uh, uh, feeling. He was paralyzed from the neck down. They put him on a cot, and they tore off the roof, and they brought him in the presence of Jesus, and that was in Capernaum. In Matthew chapter 8 verse 5, the Bible said a centurion, a Roman soldier, He said, my servant, he's a teenage boy, but he's sick and and I'm a man under authority and you don't need to come to my house, but if you'll speak the word, my servant shall be healed and he was healed. In Matthew chapter nine and verse 20, there was a woman that had been to the physicians for 12 years. She had tried everything, but rather the Bible said grew worse, but in Capernaum, she touched the hem of his garment and she was healed of that affliction of that blood hemorrhage. In Matthew chapter nine and verse 18, there was a leader of the synagogue by the name of Jairus. His 12-year-old daughter had died and it was in Capernaum that Jesus went to the house and she was raised from the dead. In Matthew chapter nine, two blind men came to Jesus. He touched their eyes and the blindness left. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 32, there was a man that was deaf and could not speak and Jesus opened up his deaf ears and he began to learn the language and began to speak. After all of these miracles had happened in Capernaum, just about the day before that Jesus went into this synagogue, he was teaching on the mountainside And while he was teaching, there was 5,000 families there, over 20-something thousand people, and they were very hungry. Jesus took a little boy's lunch of some fish and some bread. He blessed it, he broke it, and he distributed it, and it went and it fed everyone, and there were leftovers. They were learning that Jesus can take care of your physical needs, that Jesus can take care of everything. 
Then that night before he was teaching in the synagogue, they were on the Sea of Galilee. They were in a boat and the boat was about ready to sink and here came Jesus walking on the water. The most fearful thing in that day was that Sea of Galilee in the midst of a storm. The Sea of Galilee is over 700 feet deep and they were so fearful because once you went into that sea, it was impossible. You would never come out again. They'd never find your body. You would just float away in the abyss of darkness. But Jesus walked on what would swallow other people. What would consume you, Jesus could walk on it. But now he's in the synagogue. He's in Capernaum. All of these miracles have transpired. And now they're studying a lesson. And the lesson they're studying on is when the children of Israel were in the wilderness and they needed bread. And bread came down from heaven. And God supplied and caused them to be able to live. They would have died. They would have had nothing unless that bread would have come down from heaven. And Jesus looked at him. He said, I am that bread that came down from heaven. And they got offended. They said, what are you talking about? We know you're a mighty man. We know you're a mighty man anointed by God. We know you're a mighty man that's anointed. We've seen miracles. We've seen signs. The blinded eyes have seen. The deaf ears are hearing. The lame are walking. The dead are being raised. We know what you can do. You're a mighty man that's anointed of God. You are a mighty man that's showing us the power of Jehovah God Almighty. But come on now, Jesus. We know good and well you didn't come from heaven. We know where you came from. You come from Nazareth. Nazareth is a, a place where, of where no good. That's what Nathaniel said. He told Philip, he said, Jesus, come out of Nazareth. There's not anything good that can come out of Nazareth. He said, no, no, that, that, that's that. You didn't come from heaven. You come out of Nazareth. Your father's a simple carpenter. You're a nobody from nowhere. We know that. But we know that God is using you. And Jesus began to tell them. He said, just like in the wilderness, the necessity to have that bread to survive, they were all going to die. He said, that's how important I am. You don't even know who I am. I came down from the Father. I came down just like that bread came to give them life. I am coming to give you life except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. He said the words that I'm telling you right now, they are spirit and they are life. I'm not talking in the natural. I'm talking in the spiritual. If you're going to have eternal life, just as that bread came down from heaven, you must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And the Bible said they were so offended. They said, what are you talking about? We can't handle this kind of a conversation that you came from heaven, that you you are God manifest in the flesh that, that you are the one that has eternal life and the Bible said that the crowds begin to walk away no matter even though they saw the miracles even though they heard about the power of God they all begin to walk away and he asked his disciples he said are you going to go also and they said where in the world are we going to go you are the only one that has the words of eternal life and the reason why they could not go anywhere is because they came to the revelation that Jesus was God that was manifest in the flesh. He was not a man anointed by God. He didn't have some strange birth and Mary was had a baby illegitimately. That's what people try to say, that she was indeed a virgin, that this miraculous conception came through the power of the Holy Ghost. They could not believe it. 
They could not conceive it because all they could see was him in his flesh, him in his flesh and bones. We have never seen him in the flesh. We've never touched him with our hands, but yet we believe because we've had an encounter. We've had an encounter with God the Spirit. So Jesus told them, he said, if you want to know who I am, he said, search the scriptures in John chapter five and verse 39. He said, search the Tanakh. Search Genesis through the book of Malachi. Search the Tanakh. Search these scriptures out. For the scriptures are what testify of me. Everything from Genesis unto the book of Malachi is going to tell you where I'm from. It's going to tell you who I am. It's going to tell you that a virgin is going to conceive, is going to tell you his name is going to be wonderful, counselor, almighty God, prince of peace, and everlasting father. His name is going to be Emmanuel. It's going to be God with us. Just search the scriptures. So when we search the scriptures, Isaiah begins to describe to us this awesome one God who manifests himself as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Isaiah 66 and 1 he says thus saith the Lord the heaven the cosmos is my throne and the earth is my footstool this is poetic language he's trying to tell you that this awesome God is so great that if you think you're going to shake his hand tell me where his hand is you just tell me he said how can you build a house or a building and expect to put me in a building when I sit on the universe and the earth is my footstool. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 12 he said who has measured out the waters in the hollow of his hand that means in the very palm in the hollow of the hand of our God I can see the Atlantic Ocean I see the Indian Ocean I see the Mediterranean Sea I see the Caribbean Sea I see the North Sea I see the Pacific Ocean I see them they're all in the hollow of his hand hallelujah and the Bible said he measures out the universe, the heaven, with the span of his hand. The span means the spreading of the fingers. That means all the way from the rings around Saturn and the moons around Neptune, every one of the planets in the entire universe. All he has to do is just stretch his hand and he gives us the complete weight and the dimension of every planet, every star, everything that is in the cosmos. How in the world, oh, how in the world can you measure such a God as that? His ways are past finding out. He is the creator of the universe. He's the creator of us. But in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22, the Bible said he sits on the circle of the earth. He sits on the very planet of the universe, on the very orbits of the universe. He watches over them. That's how great that this great God is. Oh, hallelujah. But then you go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel's 25 years old. He's been taken to Babylon. He was, he was brought up in the home of a priest. His father is a priest. He is, he is looking forward because when he turns 30 years old, he gets to be the one to come into the temple. He gets to be one of the ones who puts oil 
oil in the golden candlestick. He gets to be one of the ones that takes incense and puts in the censer. But now at 25 years old, the second deportation of Jews are taken from Israel. The first one was with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But about nine years later, the second deportation comes and they take the choice. Young men, the entrepreneurs that were going to be the leaders of Israel. And now Ezekiel finds himself at Babylon. And in Psalms chapter 137, it says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and we wept and we remembered Zion. For they that took of us captive required of us a song and said, sing us one of those songs of Zion. And the Bible said that Ezekiel was by the river Kibar among the captives. They were there. And now he's turned 30 years old. He's been five years in Babylon. He's been among the oppressed. He's been among the depressed. But at 30 years old, all at once, the year that he's supposed to minister in the temple till he's 50 years old, he's going to spend the next few years ministering in the temple. He said, I was by the river. Everybody else was depressed. But all at once, I saw visions of God. I said, what is this? I'm seeing visions of God. The same one Isaiah talked about. But Ezekiel gives us a, more, a better picture of it. And Ezekiel said, I saw a whirlwind. It was coming out of the north. It looked like a hurricane, looked like a tornado. But the closer it get, it wasn't a normal whirlwind. It wasn't a normal tornado. It was fire. It was rolling fire. Fire rolling within itself. And I saw this fire rolling within itself over and over. And out of that fire, I saw the colors of sapphire. I saw every color of blue you could imagine. I saw the colors of burl, every color of green that you could imagine. I saw the colors of amber, every kind of color that you could imagine. And when it got closer, there was four gigantic figures that came out of that whirlwind. They were the guardians of the presence of God that had they had wings from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. They had four faces on each one of the figures. On one side was a man. On another side was an eagle. On another side was an ox. On the other side was a lion. Oh, what are you telling us, Ezekiel? He said, I'm going to tell you about this fire, this fire, this fire, this fire, this fire of God. And all at once, Ezekiel said, I saw a rainbow with every color surrounding that beautiful, beautiful fire, that blazing fire and those cherubs that were guarding, guarding the presence of God. But then he said all at once, there was a throne that came up out of the fire. Oh Lord. I said a throne that came up out of the fire. You see this God is so big that he holds the waters in the palm of his hand and I can't see him. But God in God, I 
said, God in God, I can see, hallelujah. And he said, when I looked, the throne came up. But this time, when I saw there was a man in the likeness of a man, he was sitting on that throne. Oh, it was God. God was sitting on that throne. But this God was amber from the, from the loins down. In other words, this man was burning with fire. Everything that was in the fire was in the man. Every bit of light that was in the fire was in the man. Oh, glory to God. And you know we're, we live in America. We know about Superman, all right? And we know about Batman as little children. And we know about Spider-Man. And we know about Aquaman. But there's one man they don't know much about. He's called the Fireman. He's called the Man of Fire. He sits on the throne. He's God in God. I said he's God in God. This God in God. The Bible said the God that calls the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to show us the glory of God. Hallelujah. In the face of Jesus, we see the invisible God by the visible Christ. He's God in God. And God in God came out of God and he walked in the Garden of Eden and he talked with Adam. God in God. He came out of God and he walked with Abraham. God in God. He came out of God and he had a wrestling match with Jacob. God in God. He appeared to Joshua and said, I am the captain and the Lord of hosts. God in God. Hallelujah. I said God in God. He came out of God and when Nebuchadnezzar threw the three teenage boys into a fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar looked into the fire. He said, did not I cast in three but I see a fourth man and he looks like God. I see him God in God. I said God in God. Oh, come on, let's give him praise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. This God in God, this God in God is where the voice of God speaks. <laughs> I said this God in God because in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was a voice. <laughs> and the voice was God. And the voice was with God. And by this voice were all things made. And without this voice, there was nothing made. And God in God, he came out on that throne and he talked to the celestial city. And he said, I've got something to tell you. I'm gonna have to tell you. I'm gonna go to earth. I'm gonna come out again. I'm gonna visit my people on earth. I'm gonna condescend. I'm gonna make of myself a no 
reputation. I'm going to become a microscopic DNA molecule. But the fire got in Mary. Hallelujah. I said the fire got in Mary. Mary said, how shall this be? Said the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you. And that which is born of you, it shall be God. You're going to, he's going to clothe himself with humanity. He left the splendor of heaven. He left the celestial, celestial city. He became a microscopic organism. He was planted in the womb of Mary. And when he was four months old, inside the womb of Mary, he might have been five inches long, but he was the fireman in a house of clay. I said a fireman in the house of clay, the man of fire. At six months old, he may have not been much bigger than a small little rabbit. And everybody just, she was feeling something kick then. But he was the fireman clothing himself with humanity. At eight months, he was cramped up because he was losing space. Hallelujah. He looked just like a cramped up baby with a wrinkled face and an umbilical cord wrapped around him. But he was the fireman inside the womb of Mary. Oh, yeah. But in Bethlehem, all at once, the, the earth heard the voice of a baby. But angels said, that's no baby's voice. That's the voice of the fireman. That's the same voice that said, let there be light. And there was light. That's the same voice that came from heaven. And until you get a revelation who Jesus is, you're all the time going to be snooping in the bar. You're all the time going to be snooping in the nightclub. You're all the time going to be snooping here and there and trying to find something to satisfy. But once you know who Christ is and where he came from, there's no other thing. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know him? Oh, do you know him? I said, do you know him? Oh, hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The man of fire. You know what this early, I was a school teacher from 1978 to 1981. And they had a book called Science Today that came to the classroom. And I remember one day picking up that science book. It wasn't a book, it was a magazine. And I opened up the magazine. And in the magazine says, we must continue We've walked on the moon, but we can't stop. Yeah. Yeah. You don't wait no while no organist will say, Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, preach to me, preacher. Say, we, we walked on the moon, but we can't stop. We've got to search outer space. We have to find the central nucleus of all created things. It's out there somewhere. We got to find it. We got to find it because everything we see with our eye is matter. The beast of the field, the fowl of the air, the fish of the sea, the rocks, the shrubs, the trees, everything. All we see is matter. Matter is made up of molecules. Molecules are made up of protons, neutrons, and electrons. And... and Protons, neutrons, and electrons are all what comes out of radiation, come out of rays of light. Woo, 
Oh, the fireman, hallelujah. They come out of rays of light. Rays of light, hallelujah. We've got to find the central nucleus of all created things. Hallelujah. That's why we believe in healing. Because the same God that said, let there be light, is the same God that can pop on an arm if he needs to. Is the same God. Do you hear what I'm saying? I know what the modern day religion is. The modern day religion, I see it everywhere I go. It says, you'll never be a successful Christian until you know who you are. You've got to know who you are. You've got to build yourself up. That is not the Bible way. The Bible way is not building up your self-esteem. The Bible way is not getting in a group and everybody telling you how good looking you are. Because I'm going to tell you something. Your day will be over one day. You can tuck it, pluck it, raise it, do what you need to. But there's going to be one day you just can't get rid of it. So you can come up to me and say, boy, you sure look good looking. And I look in the mirror and I say, I thank you for the compliment. I know what they're trying to do. But real, real power in this world is not knowing who you are, but knowing who he is. And once you... Once you know who he is, whether you're a prince or whether you're a pauper, it doesn't make no difference what your package is because you know inside of the package, the man of the fire lives. He gives you power to walk through hell. He gives you power to walk through high water. It doesn't make any difference what your teeth look like. It doesn't make any difference whether you got hair or no hair. It doesn't make any difference who your mama or your daddy was. Hallelujah. When the man of God lives in you, when the Son of God lives in you, when the man of fire lives in you, you've got all the, all the esteem you need. It is God-given esteem. You can run through a troop. You can leap over a wall. You can go through hell. You can go through any kind of difficulty because greater, greater, greater. is he that's within me and he that's within the world. That's why our families from Appalachia, especially my mom's family, going to second grade, third grade, most of them, grandpa's 16, brothers and sisters, I don't know one that went past the third grade. They didn't have to sit in a room and have people look at them and say, now we're gonna say 10 things good about each other. Wow, it's going hard with brother. <laughs> Great mustache. <laughs> nice shoulders. <laughs> Love the shoes. Shoo, I got seven more to go. Hallelujah. <laughs> Great wife. Wonderful child. Incredible church you go to. Oh, I just got to tell you something, brother. The greatest thing about you is Christ inside of you. Hallelujah. So it doesn't make any difference if you don't have a tooth in your head. And all you can say, that doesn't make any difference. My, my, my esteem is not because I've got a set of teeth or I don't have a set of teeth. My esteem is there's somebody walking in me. There's somebody talking in me. There's somebody living in me. And if you've not had that revelation, you're going to be looking all over. You're going to keep on searching. You're going to keep on looking. Oh, but when you found him, 
Let's all stand. Thanks for listening. If you were blessed or encouraged, go ahead and subscribe to the Impact Podcast and share it with a friend to bless them too. Connect with us on Instagram at ImpactYM. And remember, you can have as much of God as you want.